0: Welcome to Rama for Today Radio.
1: And this fellow is strictly an now. He he just preached the good news. Jesus saves. That's just about as far as he went. His, his, some of his family grown children were singers and excellent singers. I never seen anything like it never seen anything like it before. I've never seen anything like it since then. He preached. And then he turned and said to his daughter, strike up a tune and started dancing. Now, he just started dancing in the flesh, the natural. But you could see it. The Spirit of God would hit him. The Spirit of God would hit him. Man, when the Holy Ghost hit him, you talk about a fellow taking off dancing. And I sat there the first time. I thought, oh, my God, I hid my face. It's embarrassing. Oh, Lord God, it's time to give the altar service. And there's the men's dancing. They, they, they won't anybody get saved. He danced for a little while, gave the altar call, and it started streaming down every aisle.
0: You're listening to Rema for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Today we continue the series Understanding the Anointing by Kenneth E. Hagan. Right now, here's Kenneth E. Hagan's message.
1: I praise God for every ministry. Anointed of the Holy Ghost. I'm not talking about somebody, just something, you know, it don't amount to anything. I'm talking about every ministry. Called of God and anointed of the Holy Ghost. Praise God for everyone. I remember a number of years ago, when I first came over in Pentecostal circles, and I can realize, you know, some of you folks in denominational background can understand some of this. And I remember evangelist, an older man now. He was in his sixties, I think about sixty-five. I think when I first, well, sixty-three, and I first became acquainted with him. And and, and so he's coming to my home full gospel church. You see, I'm pre- preaching all right. In fact, I'm pastor at another place when he came, but I'd come back down there to visit the service, you know, because this pastor talked about him, you know. And this fellow is strictly the bandist now. He he just preached the good news. Jesus saves. That's just about as far as he went. His, his, some of his family grown children were singers and excellent singers. I never seen anything like it never seen anything like it before. I've never seen anything like it since then. He preached and then he turned and said to his daughter, strike up a tune and started dancing. Now he just started dancing in the flesh, the natural. But you could see it—the spirit of God would hit him. The spirit of God would hit him, man. When the Holy Ghost hit him, you talk about a fellow taking off dancing. And I sat there the first time. I thought, "Oh my God!" I hid my face, faces, embarrassed. "Oh Lord God, it's time to give the altar service." And there's the men's a dancing. They—they they, they won't anybody get saved. He danced for a little while, gave the altar call, It started streaming down every aisle. Then I sat there and wept and said, "Lord, forgive me." "Oh, forgive me." "Amen." I, I, and you know, what? different church I pastored, I, I had him every church I pastored. And you know, you'd think a fellow, you know, dancing him in the altar. you think, well, now he might reach a few folks that don't amount to anything, but, but he had reached the, he had reached, I mean, I, I saw it in his meeting. I saw a, lawyers get saved, bankers get saved. One place the mayor of the town got saved, another place the judge, leading judge got saved. He danced them into the altar. The anointing was upon him. You could see it. You could see when it come on him. The whole crowd could see it. Hallelujah. Well, if God wanted to use him that way, what business is it of mine? I mean, he got results. He got people saved. At that time, he'd get more people saved than I was. i am telling you, we don't need to turn our nose up at anything God's doing. Amen. If it's bringing blessing to people and getting them saved by the Holy Ghost, thank God for it. Amen. I read an Old Testament one time where God used a donkey. <laughs> well, praise God, I always got great blessings from that. I thought, well, if he could use a donkey, surely he could use me. <laughs> Amen, isn't that right? Praise God. But you can see the anointing come on him. Now, I never did know Smith Wigglesworth. I, I mentioned last night, I read, you know, if somebody gave me every crease in faith, and I, I wore the backs off several of those books just to read them. Brother Sumrall knew him as a young man. In fact, he laid hands on Brother Sumrall. But a fellow told me, an older gentleman there in Los Angeles, asked me because I mentioned him quite frequently, "Do you ever know Wigglesworth? He said, no. He said, sometimes. See, Wigglesworth had no education. You'll, you'll see that, you know, in his book. He said, he never went to school a day in his life. You know, started working in his life story, you know, that Brother Frodsham wrote. Uh, Smith Wigglesworth, Apostle of Faith. Started working in a the factory there in England when he was six years old. See, before they had child labor laws and so on. And so this gentleman, elderly man, a number of years ago there in Los Angeles, said he came there to Anza's Temple one time and was holding meetings. And he said sometimes, not always, but sometimes he'd get up and start off, and just simply wouldn't make sense. He'd just stumble around, you know, and then the anointing would come upon him, look like he's turned into another man, just absolutely, look like he's turned into another man. I remember reading just just a few days before he went home to be with the Lord in 1947 that they had him again. You see, he didn't really ever belong to any Pentecostal group. He just preached for all of them. But uh, they'd have him every year there in England at the General Conference of the Assemblies of God. And, and, and some of the brethren said, Howard Carter said it, Donald G. said it. And, and, and even the year when he's 87, just a few weeks before he went home to be of the Lord, they had him to speak again. They said, we wanted to expose our younger ministers to this prophetic ministry, the anointing that came upon him. Let them see and, and, and folks tell me that there was such a difference when that anointing came. He just looked like he's turned into a different person. Well, thank God for the anointing. Amen. I said, thank God for the anointing. Amen. Praise God forevermore. Now, I want you to notice something. Jesus here, something about the anointing of the prophet. I'm well satisfied that we get into a difficulty in this area because we fail to read what the Bible says, and we try to perform when the anointing's not there. Are you listening to me now? I want you to notice that Jesus said about his own ministry and he called himself a prophet here in this fourth chapter of Luke's gospel. And then he used an illustration that these Jews well knew about from the old covenant. He said first, he said, you're going to say to me this proverb, physician, heal thyself. In other words, the works that we've heard that you've done in Capernaum, let's see you do them here. Let's see you do them here. More or less a challenge for him to do them. He said, I say unto you, Verily, I said, You no prophet except in his own country. And then he said, I tell you, it was truth. Many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout all the land. But unto none of them was Elijah sent, save unto the city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. You remember, he went into her house, and there the working of miracles was manifested to him. The oil crew just kept giving out oil, and the meal barrel just kept getting out the meal. But he just couldn't go into anybody's house and do that. Did you notice that? Did you notice what it said then about Elisha the prophet in the days of Elisha there were many lepers in Israel and none of them were healed. Now this man had a reputation of having a healing ministry because that little maiden said when she found out her master had the leprosy I would God he was in the land of Samaria there's a prophet of God that could cure him of his leprosy. Now you understand I'm talking about ministering under the anointing You understand this, today, we know the Word of God and anybody could teach people what the Bible says, and they could believe what the Bible said and be healed of anything they had. Isn't that right? Without any manifestation of God's uh, miraculous ministry gifts or spiritual gifts. Hallelujah. Now, for instance, I want to give you an illustration. We have healing school every afternoon. One of our staff taught it today. I, if I'm there, I teach. Every afternoon, Monday through Friday, five days a week. School of healing, we call it. Now we have, we just got, a, got two more in. We have now 13. We've been running, we're in a third year. But 13 people with terminal cancer. When I, we have other cancer people healed. I'm not counting them. I mean, these had already been given up by medical science to die. In other words, you've got one of them. said you've got a month to live. Another one, you said, you've got three months to live. Another one, they said, you've got six months. Like, for instance, the MD Anderson Hospital right here in Houston had said to one young man, you've got exactly one month to live. One month. He's still alive today after two years. Glory to God. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. Now, this young man came, and I was just teaching and gave my own testimony. I was healed, just teaching the word. You know, Mark 11, 23 and 24. Nobody ever prayed for him. I never laid a hand on him. He had been to three different cancer clinics, including MD Anderson. All of them said the same thing to him. You'll be dead in one month. But blessed be God, he just sat there and said, well, that sounds reasonable to me. He is 27 years old, in college, preparing to be a lawyer. I'll just accept it by faith. By faith, he accepted and left and was healed. Well, that's no manifestation of spiritual gifts, no anointing particular to minister to him other than to teach the word, you see. But he believed the word. He believed the word. Now then, another day, I'm going to get to that corporate anointing in a minute, when folks got in one spirit. And I'll tell you, the anointing was there. My, 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 I looked back across the crowd and I could see it just like a cloud hanging over the heads of the people. Literally see it. I said, I'll tell you, the presence and the power of God is so real here. All you got, you don't need anybody to lay hands on. Just accept it. Well, we had a lady sitting there that was on her way to the Mayo Clinic. Her doctors were sending her to the Mayo Clinic. Six months before, they had operated on her thyroid and accidentally slit her esophagus. And in this six months' time, she had had 11 operations. There's 11 different incisions. Her neck was just a solid mass of incisions. They'd operated on her 11 times. She still can't swallow. She hadn't swallowed in the six months' time. And it lost 90 pounds. They had a tube running through her nose down in her stomach, in which they could put some fluid into her stomach, you know. And that's what kept her going. She had all of her records with her. On her way to the Mayo Clinic, decided to stop by there. I said, the power's here. The glory's here. There was a corporate anointing. The very atmosphere is charged with the power of God. All you got to do is receive it. She just looked up and said, i receive it. Praise God. And reached up and pulled that tube out of her nose hallelujah, and was healed, went across the street there from the school to Mexican house, you know, Monterey house, and, and had two Mexican dinners. <laughs> Brother, you know she must have been healed when you haven't had a bite of solid food in your stomach for six over six months and eat two Mexican dinners. <laughs> Amen.
0: You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagen. This month's special offer is the message series by Ken Hagen, How to Be an Overcomer. In this four CD series, Ken Hagen teaches us that we already possess spiritual tools. He shows us how to use those tools to exercise our God-given authority and obtain our rightful blessings in Christ. This series is just $28. Call now, 1-888-FAITH-99. Don't delay. Call one 888
1: You, you can watch Rhema uh, video cast. That's, that's right. Uh, and you can listen to Rhema, the, Rhema for Today Radio. And you can read the Word of Faith magazine. Uh, all of this online. can be done online at rhema.org. That's right. If you want to do that. And you also can download uh, our, our app. From the, to the iPhone or the Android, and, and also watch, watch our services live at ten o'clock on Sunday morning, seven o'clock Sunday night, and seven o'clock on Wednesday night. Central time. Central time. Okay. Yes. Yeah, you always get that in I there. I get I, that in there. Well, I, do, I don't think that away, So I know. I'm glad you do. <laughs> uh, you're the you're the detail person, but not I me. I am. I am. <laughs> I'm your helpmate. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs>
0: If this radio program has blessed you and ministered to your spirit, then we want to hear from you. We're asking you, our audience, to let us know when and where you listen. Email us at partnerservices@rema.org or call 1-888-FAITH-99 and tell us. If you prefer, drop us a letter write Kenneth Hagen Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126 Tulsa, Oklahoma 74150 If we're to remain broadcasting in your area we need to hear from you. And if you're able we would ask that you would consider sowing an offering to help defray the costs of this radio program. So call, email or write us today. Tomorrow on Rayma for Today, we continue with the teaching by Kenneth E. Hagan, Understanding the Anointing. Thanks for listening to Rhema for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan.